You're listening to Heart Sounds, TCTMD's award-winning podcast hosted by Shelley Wood. Hello and welcome to the Heart Sounds podcast for August 2022. I am your host, Shelley Wood, coming to you today from the European Society of Cardiology Congress in Barcelona. I have loved being back at an in-person meeting and seeing so many colleagues again face-to-face or mask-to-face as it was for me. I am turning this episode over to a recap of ESE, hoping that it inspires you to read and watch some of our great coverage of this year's meeting. If you didn't get a chance to attend in person, hopefully you'll appreciate some of the conference center background noise that made it into this in-person meetup. As the final hours of ESC 2022 ticked down, I sat down with the outgoing ESC president, Stefan Achenbach, to hear some of his highlights from the meeting. Let's jump in. Thank you so much for joining me for the Heart Sounds podcast. We are here at the ESC. It's the first time I've been back at an ESC meeting. All of us have been back at an ESC meeting in three years, which is hard to believe. Tell me, what do you think are the highlights? I mean, just at a personal level, like what has it been like to be back in person for you? First of all, of course, it's wonderful to see A, all those people again that you've only known from the Zoom meetings, and B, all the people that you haven't seen at all for three years. There's so many encounters typically at such a meeting and the contacts that you have from other countries within Europe or beyond Europe, you meet them once a year at the Congress and this was all gone. So we're meeting the Zoom crowd in person again. Some people I only knew from Zoom and then when I saw them suddenly they were either a lot smaller or a lot taller than I thought they would be. Uh, Meeting the Zoom crowd in person and also meeting new people again and meeting those that I haven't seen for a long time. Everybody seems to be having that sentiment that this is something really, really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I also noticed that I have that sense when I'm in a room, especially watching the hotlines, you you can tell how people are responding in a way that we couldn't with the virtual meetings. Heard the kind of gasp and mm-hmm. groan in the audience when that's, those results. That's exactly were. my feeling too. It's an additional additional layer of learning that you have when you listen to a presentation. You get all the information, and when the person next to you shakes his or her head a little bit and or goes in wild approval, that sort of confirms your own feelings, or you get a different opinion. I sometimes call it learning by osmosis. You don't even talk, but you have you have you know you pick up something vibes from the others, which enhances exactly. your learning experience. There's no question around it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so let's focus on the hotlines for a moment because certainly I've spent my entire time here at ESC, either in the main Barcelona room or knocking out a story in the press center. Can you tell me which of these do you think will have the highest impact on people's practice? Well, one would think that. I think the most impressive study that I heard was the SECURE trial with the polypill. And one would think that we are sure this has impact on our practice. Um, that's a study where packaging three drugs in patients after myocardial infarction, ACE inhibitor, statin and aspirin, packaging it into one pill as opposed to giving three pills um, did significantly lower the event rate and the number needed to treat was about one in one in a hundred over one year. So it was a 3% absolute decrease of event rate. So that's impressive. In secondary prevention, right? Because yeah, yeah, post-MI patients, Mm -hmm. post-MI patients. The problem is that Valentin Fuster, who presented this study, pointed out that it's extremely difficult to manufacture a polypill. Sounds easy, it's not easy. So maybe this is a trial where we think we can take it home, but we can't because the polypills are not really available. Yeah. But there are trials that have impact. 
I also do intensive care medicine and there were two trials from Denmark once again that looked at the treatment of patients after out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, the which box. of course is a free box, trials, the box yeah. trials. It was a two-by-two-factorial design so they could A, look at the um, oxygen levels that should be maintained. We don't have to worry too much. There's large flexibility whether you aim for high or low oxygen levels. No difference. And also for the blood pressure. You know, we often desperately try to keep mm -hmm. the blood pressure high in these patients. We don't have to. Um, we can be more lenient with blood pressure. But these are pragmatic trials that are really, really useful for us in daily practice. There's the trial, um, help me with the name, that looked at acetazolamid for diuretics. Advor, I guess. Advor, here we go. Mm -hmm. um, so many trials. That's a trial, you know, that's a drug that has been forgotten. Yeah, I remember I when I started, of old drugs. When I started practicing 20 years ago, we would occasionally use it. Um, then it kind of was bad-mouthed and nobody wanted to use it anymore. There was a problem about metabolic and acidosis and things like this. And now it turns out it's really, really helpful. It decongests patients faster. Who, who wouldn't want that? Yeah. So these are really sensational trials. Okay. My personal favorite before the meeting okay. was the time trial. Right. Because the idea was so interesting that prior studies had suggested maybe it's better to take the blood pressure medication in the evening. But time showed clearly that it makes no difference. Yeah. You can take it either in the evening or in the morning. The outcomes are the same. And that's important for patients because for some, they they would do better at taking it in the morning. I, I take my iron pill in the morning. I you know I know I'm supposed to take it at night, but I remember it in the morning. And I usually I try in all my patients that I can arrange the medication in such a way that they can take it all in the morning. Most patients say that this is easier. You go, you leave the house, and you don't always know where you will spend the evening. Yeah. But there are others who like it differently. So when the time trial says you can do either one or the other, that's that's, that's good to know. Yeah. We should touch on Deliver briefly. We knew the top mm -hmm. line results from Deliver before we came here, but this was the second trial to show that uh, gliflozin works in um, preserved heart failure. And you had a whole session devoted towards Deliver content with these pooled analyses as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems like the discussion from here is going to go towards how much it matters to define ejection fraction. Is that one of your takeaways or, or what would you you know, tell people they've got, I think, 11 different papers they could read about these at this point. But what's important there? Well, I think ejection fraction is that becomes more and more obvious, not a really, really good parameter of systolic function. It does not mean that everybody who has a normal ejection fraction also has a normally functioning heart. Um, so, but the, when the role of ejection fraction in determining what therapy we should do seems to be going down. I, you know, I'm excited, of course, about the SGLT2 inhibitors in HEF, PEF or heart failure with mildly reserved ejection fraction or mid-range. I'm excited about this, but <clears throat> sometimes we go away and say, we now have a drug that works in these patients. It sounds almost like we can completely solve their problem. That's not the case. You know, we have an 18% relative risk reduction. That doesn't mean that all of these patients now have no more symptoms when they take this drug. It's a step in the right direction, but it's not the solution for this very complex problem. Sure, and yeah. it's expensive. It's I mean, in most places, it's it's for, to keep people on all four pillar therapies in heart failure is, is going to cost too much expensive. for a lot of people. Yeah. But again, I'm excited about it, but we should not think as doctors, the problem is solved. We now have a drug that works. It's like taking a headache drug, you know that your headache goes away. But it's not, if you have HFPEF, if you have a drug that works in 100 patients, it helps quite a few of them, but not all of them. Yeah. And that we must not forget. And it, 
doesn't get to that preventive piece either. We've got a, a burgeoning population of people with that disease and we're not stopping it from happening in the first place. Yeah. Okay, very briefly, there's a lot of other things going on at this meeting. You said you had something you were particularly proud of before we started recording. Tell us about it. Well, there is you know, the idea to engage the participants more and to provide more excitement and you know, more interactive opportunities. And this is why we built a special lecture hall. It's not even a lecture hall, it's an open construction. Mm -hmm. It's called The Zone. And it's a lot about interaction. It has a, has a DJ even that, that creates mm -hmm. music. Hip and her, it's two of them that take turns. And we have lots of quiz formats in, in there. So we combine learning with entertainment. Um, and uh, it's always full. Um, yeah. So it seems to be working well. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that this concept really so it'll turned carry out forward. to be good. Yeah. Good see. Because this is the end of your presidency, officially with the end of this meeting. So you have to hope that the zone is a legacy you leave behind. But um, briefly, looking back, you have had perhaps one of the most unusual presidencies of anyone at the ESC because so much of it was spent in pandemic mode. What are you most proud of? Well, I'm proud that I could keep the leadership group together. We had actually a lot more meetings than we would have had. Um, in a normal mandate and everybody stayed engaged and we were a really really good group working together moving the ESC ahead. I really liked it when you just said that this was an unusual time or an unusual presidency because usually people say yeah you had this difficult presidency. Yeah what a bummer. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not even more difficult it's just different. different. It's sometimes easier to lead in a crisis because you, you know it's the decisions are sometimes even clearer that you have to make. It was unusual, that was a very good term. Yeah, and special, like I hope, in some ways there's a lot of good that did come out of the pandemic. I think I was able to be, you know, channeling my inner introvert the entire time, but I think it allowed us to think about things differently and to really put in perspective what's important. And I'm sure you were doing that as part of your presidency. I completely agree with this. The question is whether we maintain this. You know, yeah. History has shown, even recent history, um, that very fast society will go back to the normal mode again just because maybe it's also more convenient or we've been being swept away by what is becoming possible now again so we'll see what really remains but of course in, an, in a way we, we think about things differently is all the travel really necessary that's something that we should certainly keep thinking about definitely yeah well we could certainly talk much more but yeah, I know you have many more duties to get back to so thank you so much for telling us My a little pleasure. bit about ESC 2022 thank you thanks That's it for the August edition of Heart Sounds. My huge thanks to Stefan Achenbach for making time to speak with me during an incredibly packed presidential schedule. Also to the team of TCTMD reporters, both on site and at home, who were cranking out some great in-depth stories and getting them live as quickly as possible at TCTMD around the clock. Our senior clinical editor, Mamas Mamas, who we got to see again in person, who recorded a lot of fantastic interviews at ESC this year, including a deep dive into the revived and deliver trials. Our multimedia wizard, Dan Goodman, thank you for recording those videos as well as this podcast during his whirlwind stop in Barcelona. There was much more on TCTMD.com in August, of course. You can check out our top stories every month by searching top 10 in quote marks at tctmd.com. And I'll also give a shout out here to a great feature we ran a few weeks ago by Michael Reardon, looking at the dawning of a golden era for lipid lowering in ASCVD. Search golden era for that one. 
In fact, find all of that and more at tctmd.com and find me back here next month. The TCT meeting in Boston is now just around the corner, and no doubt I'll have lots to tell you about when the Heart Sounds podcast returns at the end of September. Thanks for tuning in. Do you love listening to Heart Sounds? Check out all new original content from TCTMD featuring Talking Points with Dr. C. Michael Gibson and Rocks Art Radio with Dr. Roxanne Moran. All new episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud.